Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Easter Sunday. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who on this day, through your only begotten Son, have conquered death and unlocked for us the path to eternity, grant, we pray, that we who keep the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection may, through the renewal brought by your Spirit, rise up in the light of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Peter addressed Cornelius and his household. You must have heard about the recent happenings in Judea, about Jesus of Nazareth, and how he began in Galilee after John had been preaching baptism. God had anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and because God was with him, Jesus went about doing good and curing all who had fallen into the power of the devil. Now I, and those with me, can witness to everything he did throughout the countryside of Judea and in Jerusalem itself, and also to the fact that they killed him by hanging him on a tree. Yet three days afterwards, God raised him to life and allowed him to be seen, not by the whole people, but only by certain witnesses God had chosen beforehand. Now, we are those witnesses. We have eaten and drunk with him after his resurrection from the dead, and he has ordered us to proclaim this to his people and to tell them that God has appointed him to judge everyone, alive or dead. It is to him that all the prophets bear this witness, that all who believe in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. 
The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His love has no end. Let the sons of Israel say, His love has no end. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The Lord's right hand has triumphed. His right hand raised me up. I shall not die. I shall live and recount his deeds. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the work of the Lord, a marvel in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. A reading from a letter from St. Paul to the Colossians. Since you have been brought back to true life with Christ, you must look for the things that are in heaven where Christ is, sitting at God's right hand. Let your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth. Because you have died, and now that the life you have is hidden with Christ in God. But when Christ is revealed, and He is your life, you too will be revealed in all your glory with Him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ has become our Paschal sacrifice. Let us feast with joy in the Lord. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. It was very early on the first day of the week, and still dark, when Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been moved away from the tomb, and came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter set out with the other disciple to go to the tomb. They ran together, but the other disciple, running faster than Peter, reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloths lying on the ground, but did not go in. Simon Peter, who was following, now came up, went right into the tomb, saw the linen cloths on the ground, and also the cloth that had been over his head. This was not with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. He saw, and he believed. Till this moment, they had failed to understand the teaching of Scripture, that he must rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, Easter Sunday, we celebrate the good news. The good news that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, that he has conquered the grave and that death has been emptied of its power. But this phrase, the good news, the gospel in Greek, the euangelion, it's more than just a sense of a nice piece of information you might be interested in. The gospel, the good news, actually had a specific meaning in Jesus' time. And to get a better sense of what the euangelion is, we're going to talk a little bit of history. So 
So bear with me. So we've all at least heard of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar was the one who was very much centralizing power in Rome around himself. And he was assassinated on the Ides of March, on the 15th of March in 44 BC, precisely because he was arrogating so much power to himself. And the Roman Senate was very suspicious of Caesar making himself of Caesar making himself king and emperor. But this action, but the assassination threw Rome into chaos and into civil war. And through the ins and outs and the rough and tumble of the civil war, it came down to two rivals. To Octavian, who was Julius Caesar's adopted son. Now, spoiler alert, he becomes emperor and changes his name to Augustus, the emperor under whom Jesus is born. So you've got Octavian on the one hand, and on the other, you've got Mark Antony. Now, Mark Antony is famous for taking up with the Egyptian queen Cleopatra. And these two, they battle it out for supremacy in Rome. The deciding conflict of the war is a sea battle that happens off the coast of Actium in ancient Greece. And Octavian's navy won the day. And of course, Mark Antony flees to Egypt and then we hear famously that they both that both he and Cleopatra end their lives. But here's the thing. Octavian's won the battle. He's the one who is victorious and he's going to return to Rome as the great conquering hero. From the battle will be sent a messenger with good news, a euangelion. And the news that is proclaimed is the news of the victory of battle. Now, here's the thing. When the good news is proclaimed in Rome that Octavian has won and that Mark Antony has been routed, this creates a huge disturbance in the city. Because for those who are the allies of Octavian, they look with great expectation to the coming of the king. They look for the reward of having been his allies through this time of battle. But for those who are the opponents of Octavian, those who'd aligned themselves with Mark Antony, the good news is something frightful. And now they need to do some very swift manoeuvring. They need to realign themselves with Octavian. They need a conversion. They need to change teams. Well, today, on Easter Sunday, we have the proclamation of the real good news. The true euangelion. That Jesus Christ, the one who contended in the true battle against good and evil, against life and death, against light and dark, that he has won the victory. The tomb lies open and exposed, cracked from the inside out. The shroud and the burial cloths lie crumpled in the corner, defeated, and this new day has dawned. From this moment issues forth the good news. 
Jesus has won the victory. And Jesus will come to take possession of the kingdom. This is the time of the good news. This is the time of the great proclamation. The apostles are entrusted with the gospel, with the good news, and they are sent out. That's what the word apostle means, the ones who are sent. And we hear now Peter talking to Cornelius in the first reading. You must have heard about the recent happenings in Judea, about Jesus of Nazareth, and how he began in Galilee after John had been preaching baptism. Now I and those with me can witness to everything he did throughout the countryside of Judea and in Jerusalem himself, and also to the fact that they killed him by hanging him on the tree. Yet, three days afterwards, God raised him to life. There's the gospel. Jesus is the victor. Jesus is the true king. And Jesus is coming. And so in this era of the gospel, when the proclamation of the good news is made throughout the world, when the powers of evil have been defeated and have been shown to be emptied of their power, we now have the great realigning. The realigning of allegiances. And this is what St. Paul points to in the Colossians. And this is what St. Paul refers to then in our second reading to the Colossians. Since you have been brought back to life with Christ, you must look for the things that are in heaven, where Christ is, sitting at God's right hand. Let your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, because you have died and now the life you have is hidden with Christ in God. But when Christ is revealed and he is your life, you too will be revealed in all your glory with him. In other words, align yourselves with the true king to share in his glory. He's seated at the right hand of God, and when he comes again, share in his victory. So, cast off anything that belongs to the enemy. Cast off anything that belongs to the opponents of the king. This is the time of the great realignment of allegiances. And so today on Easter Sunday, we renew our baptismal promises. And the structure of the renewal of our baptismal promises takes the form of three renunciations and three confessions. In the first three questions, we renounce the enemies of God. Do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty promises? I do. Everything that belongs to the kingdom of darkness, whatever allegiance we hold to wickedness, we renounce. And we pledge our allegiance to God. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was crucified, who rose from the dead, who won his victory over the grave? Do you believe in the great King who is coming? I do. And do you believe in the kingdom that he is establishing on earth through the Holy Spirit in the Holy Catholic Church to establish the communion of saints through the forgiveness of sins with the resurrection of the body for life everlasting?
I do. With the proclamation of the resurrection of Jesus, we have the good news that Christ has won and death has lost, that God reigns supreme and evil has been vanquished. And so we establish our new alliance, our new allegiance, the covenant established in Christ's blood. We have the benefit of knowing the victor, of being able to align ourselves with his reign and of sharing in his glory when he comes to take all that is his. Dear brothers and sisters, through the Paschal Mystery, we have been buried with Christ in baptism so that we may walk with him in newness of life. And so, now that our Lenten observance is concluded, let us renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and his works and promised to serve God in the Holy Catholic Church. And so I ask you, do you renounce Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and bestowed on us forgiveness of our sins, keep us by his grace in Christ Jesus our Lord for eternal life. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May God, who by the resurrection of his only begotten Son, was pleased to confer on you the gift of redemption and of adoption, give you gladness by his blessing. 
Amen. May he, by whose redeeming work you have received the gift of everlasting freedom, make you heirs to an eternal inheritance. Amen. And may you, who have already risen with Christ in baptism through faith, by living in a right manner on this earth, be united with him in the homeland of heaven. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thanks be to God, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thanks for praying with us today at the Corona of Thorns. I pray that you have a very blessed and happy Easter and that you receive every grace and blessing of the great feast.
St. Paul reminds us that it's through the waters of baptism that we enter the tomb with Christ in order to share in his victory over death. And so at the Easter Vigil, we renew our baptismal promises. Dear brothers and sisters, through the Paschal Mystery, we have been buried with Christ in baptism, so that we may walk with him in newness of life. And so, now that our Lenten observance is concluded, let us renew the promises of holy baptism, by which we once renounced Satan and his works, and promised to serve God in the Holy Catholic Church. And so I ask you, do you renounce Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and bestowed on us forgiveness of our sins, keep us by his grace in Christ Jesus our Lord for eternal life. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Christ is risen, he is truly risen. Although we have been apart this holy week and we have been absent from the sacred triduum, I pray nonetheless that you have a very happy and blessed Easter. I pray that every obstacle will turn into a stepping stone to heaven, that every cross you carry may lead you one step closer to the resurrection. May God bless you and your loved ones today and always.